Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, two guys at a mic show, midweek Wednesday, plenty to talk about. We're going to do a little CQD show, fine, short attention span, theater, sports topics, and more here on the two guys at a mic show. We'll take a sneak peek ahead at some of the NFL college football game weekend upcoming, but plenty on the docket. Again, little uh, little bits and pieces we might not have got to on Monday and Tuesday. We'll bring those up, Big Dog and the Coach. At your service right up until 11 o'clock. Producer, other side of the glass, David Olson. We're sneaking close to our favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. Only, what, uh, eight days? Eight days away. It's a beautiful thing. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. Cornucopia topics today. Let's listen to a little bit of uh, Talk Zone's award-winning music, and we will uh, begin the show. Yeah, sometimes people say Big Dog. Well, it depends on the day. Sometimes people say Big Dog is the optimist of the show, and I can be the pessimist probably more often than not. It might be the coach half full, and depending on the Big Dog's job and or uh, social status, you know, he could be half empty. But I read this quote. I like this here. The optimist, Big Dog, the optimist proclaims that we live in the best of all possible worlds. The pessimist fears that this is actually true. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. You got to think about uh, that now. The optimist proclaims that we live in the best of all possible worlds, and the pessimist thinks that maybe that's correct. Yeah, that that's true because eventually (laughs) one day you die, and then you find out that when you die, you go off to something that's not as good as this. There's something about that. That's that's one of those ones that gets you on the rebound because normally you think the pessimist would disagree with that. He agrees with that, but if this is the best, if we're experiencing the best, then eh, what's there to look forward to after this? Thank you very much. What a ridiculous! Coach, that makes, uh, I, I don't want. I don't mean to like break record train of thought there, but I'm extremely positive about me. I'm just extremely pessimistic about everybody else. Yeah, you for the most part, you know. And matter of fact, if I could get a little personal note here, I think over the ten years that we've been together, I think you've made a transition a little bit. But I would say you are uh, clearly. A glass half full, an optimistic guy, positive, and uh, and I might even say through. Periods of adversity where others might get down on both themselves and, and the surrounding life. You have maintained a, a solid, positive attitude through adversity, my friend. I'm proud of you. And you might need to talk to Illinois head coach Ron Zook about doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. He, he needs to get <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> Woo! And, and there's, there's different ways to get off the ledge. You can go back in the building or you can just fall off the ledge. It's either or, but he needs to do either or, coach. Yeah. Remember because, we used to have that segment, uh, what was it called? Over the Edge? Or? Old- on the ledge. <laughs> on the ledge or over the edge? I think in the case of Ron Zook, uh, I think I know the answer to that one. Yeah, he's uh, – that that's not a good look of confidence. Now, I was going to see the actual footage on ESPN Sports Center, then all of a sudden breaking news came out that uh, there's a new Penn State AD, so I didn't get to see that footage. I mean, like, mm-hmm. my God, who cares, okay, at this point? Yeah, acting, yeah. acting athletic director of Penn State, and he's a gentleman uh, who's been on the – the board, I guess, since the year 2000. So he's just going to take things and kind of put the pieces back together. It's not his long-term 
uh, job, I don't believe. So I have not seen the footage, but basically what happens is Ron Zook tells a press conference, it's mm-hmm. a typical Tuesday press, press conference that all Big Ten coaches have. Pretty much all coaches are on college football do it on Tuesday. And the first thing he says is, hey, I don't want to ask, if anybody asks any questions about my job security, this interview session is over. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know all of a sudden he was on the hot seat. How did it happen this week, and why did it happen two years ago? Is totally up. I had no idea he was on the hot seat. So a couple questions are asked. They go like this. Yes, yes, we, we couldn't we couldn't tackle anybody in special teams. No, we couldn't block <laughs> anybody in special teams. Yes, our returners keep fumbling the ball. Yes, our, our kicker's kicking out of bounds. Oh, oh, and then somebody finally asked him, so what are you doing with your team with the distraction of you being on the hot seat? And he did. He basically did what Sammy Sosa did four times in the 1998 season, Coach. He mm-hmm. walked off. Yep. He just walked off. Yeah. He didn't pull he a Zambrano. He didn't, he didn't clean out his locker and retire, did he? No, he just he just walked off, Coach. He was actually kind of like, it looked like he won the game. Mm-hmm. Like I told you. It was a kind of, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just was told what he looked like. Mm-hmm. He just got up and, and left. And the women reporters were devastated, Coach. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sad, but true, Big Dog. And I think if Illinois originally would have done its homework a little bit and talked to the fine folks down in Florida and the people that actually played under him been associated with him, again, nothing against the guy's character. Good guy. Good guy. You hate to, you know, criticize, but in the sporting venture only, nothing about his self, uh, character-wise, personally, or family, et cetera. If you talk to the people in Florida, they thought he was in way over his head as well. But somehow Ron Gunther still uh, chose him to head up the institution that you love so much. I don't understand the simple fact that uh, how can for the first five games, I know they were 6-0, but definitely for the first five games of this year, everybody looked like they were getting better. Nathan Shieldhaus really looked like the difference between a, a freshman to a sophomore year, and I'm like, wow, he really got coached up. And all of a sudden, all these guys all over the place are doing stuff that they shouldn't have been doing in game one of the freshman year. I mean, Nate Shieldhouse has turned into exactly the guy you were afraid he was going to be last year. His quarterback play last, but then again, they, he's playing in handcuffs because, and you know how much I love power football coach. All Illinois does is run the ball between the tackles every other play of the game. It's pathetic. Mm-hmm. They, they need a little bit more adversity. So. Yeah, and the big fellow, what's his name? Jason um, Ford. Yeah, Jason Ford has been a major disappointment. He's big, he's but he just doesn't run, run real that. hard. And I think he's the is. like a Hyundai. Jason Hyundai is what we call him in the house now, just to let you know. I'm not Hyundai. kidding. We, I have names for everybody eventually at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah. Bring in Troy Pollard, the man with the outstanding head of hair. I like he runs a little bit harder, a little bit quicker, even though he's about half the size of Jason Ford. But I think, and I'm not even going to ask David Olson to do this, but to answer your question, Big Doug, of why so many of the players look so good and the team looks so good first half, and then how can they, you know, disintegrate, well, not disintegrate, but uh, digress? The yeah, last four games, I think all I would have to do is ask David Olson to punch up the Illinois football schedule. Read off, you don't even worry about it, David, we know. Read off the teams they played in the first six games and then who they played in the last four games, they might answer your question. I guess you do have a point. Western Michigan, Arizona State, yeah, that's that's not exactly like Ohio State and yeah, and Michigan. Yeah, you guys yeah. do have a, a good point, Coach. Yeah, they did look good in the orange and blue scrimmage, though. They tackled well. Especially the cheerleaders. They did phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Playing Wisconsin. You know, Who knows? You know, in this crazy world, they could upset Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's in the mood to get upset because the Badgers could still play at a major bowl, and they deserve to. They're an awesome team. Had a couple of slip-ups this year. 
They See, could still play in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, so they could still play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's and that's kind of a major bowl coach, the Rose Bowl, considering it's the best and biggest of all of them. It's yeah. the granddaddy. Yeah. Well, we've so, talked I, about it before. One of the, uh, you know, if there were ten things you and me could do in the world of sports, one of those ten, one of those ten would be to run out of the uh, stadium at the Rose Bowl at about three o'clock in the afternoon, where the field is what about three quarters sun drenched and you got a little bit of shade, and run out there for the beginning of the Rose Bowl, one of the great traditions in all of sports. Yeah, without a doubt. There was, uh, the next time Illinois plays in the Rose Bowl, I will definitely be at the game. There's no question. Yes. I will be there, coach. And let's hope the next time Illinois plays, they can stay within like 40 points. This is true. <laughs> 40 to, yeah, uh, 48 to 14 last time. The previous time it was 45 uh, to 9. But the previous three times before that, Illinois destroyed their opponent. Uh, yeah. How about Ron? I remember they were in the, the big bowl game, you know, had a pretty good season. What was it? LSU they played? Some Southeast Conference team, all the Atlanta fans fired up. This is about what, five, six years ago? Big no, bowl game, was, all fired up and they was, laid it. It was, huh? it was January 1st, it was January 1st, 2002. Ugh. And they played LSU. Brutal. And, and Ron Turner put these guys out there. Illinois was four and a half point underdogs. I was, I was up. At this point, about $1,500 on my book, and I said, can I put it all on LSU? Oh. He's like, what? Wait, put it all what? on who? He's like, uh, LSU. And he's oh. like, what? You, of all people? I was like, I'll put $1,300 on LSU. There's, I was like, I'll, I'm rooting for Illinois, but I know what's going to happen. And I'm not kidding. I told my buddies, they're like, you should never have done that. I can't believe such an Illinois fan. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. After the first quarter, the score was 28 nothing LSU. They looked at me, they're like, how did you know? <laughs> Dude, I watched Illinois play every game this year. Uh, I was man. either going to walk out of here happy that Illinois won, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying, or I was walking out of here with $2,800. So that's, yeah. without doubt, one of the greatest days of gambling I've ever right. had. That's outstanding for you. It was sad for us Illinois fans, watching that game. I don't, I don't know what they Illinois did. Fan. I knew better. Yeah. I knew, look at that LSU team. By the way, do you know who the coach of that LSU team was? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. And I knew, Coach. I knew. I looked at I was like, this is an NFL roster. I looked at every guy. I was like, every single position, LSU is better in Illinois. So, yeah, don't, I know that was one of those days that as LSU, you didn't know me yet. This was right before yep. we started working together. Okay, you didn't know that at, I was such a degenerate gambler at the time. I was mm-hmm. bet against the Bears in Illinois consistently. Well, that's not degenerate. Actually, the, the degenerate gambler, the degenerate gambler would bet who we, you know the team he's rooting for, and no, not be I'm smart gonna, about I'm, it. You you might have been. A gambler will gamble against their own team. Uh, somebody who's a, like just say he wants to gamble as a football fan, but I'm a diehard Bears fan would say, oh, you know what? I think the Bears are going to lose today, but there's no way I'll put my money. I'm just going to watch the game. Mm-hmm. I mean that's it's I don't know, Coach. That's just this way I thought I would. I'm not gambling anymore because I I don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah. That's like so consumed yeah. with trying to win back the 500. I just lost that I, I'm willing to go into a you know a Bears game and like throw like the the mirror in the eyes of the punter so they miss the snap on the way back. I mean I would do that back. In the I day. think I can speak for 92.7 percent of our listeners that we are very happy. That you have given up the gambling, you're a fresher person for it. You're a, you're a better radio host. You're a better person. So uh, again, ninety two point seven. Now the other seven point one percent. I don't know what it says about them, big dog. But uh, our studies say they encourage you to get back to drinking and gambling. But again, that's I, only seven point one percent. Well, I never got off the drinking, and maybe that's the issue, coach. <laughs> yeah, we have listeners from all kinds, big dog. That's what I love about our. Uh, Semi-dysfunctional family that is the two guys at a mic show. By the way, in our cornucopia topics, there is one other Illinois University-related topic we did not get to, and that was a little party over the weekend 
couple of uh, freshman players, apparently. Mm-hmm. One of them or two of them, even redshirt freshmen, didn't play in the game. You know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, that's a little bit late for freshmen. I know you were a freshman, you had a 12 o'clock curfew. But uh, 2, 3 in the morning in Trulon Henry. One of the senior veterans of the team gets a call. How cool is it for Trulon? Because he's married and has kid, right? Uh-huh. And he gets the call at 2 in the morning. Hey, there's trouble at a party. He gets in his car, drives over to the party. Got to give him credit for doing that. But uh, tragically, not tragic to the point of death, but he gets shot in his hand, and he will uh, miss the remainder of the season. A couple other players injured. Kind of a scary incident involving the fighting Illini, Big Dog. Yeah, and it's, you know, right when I heard it, I'm like, true on Henry's, like, I was like, he's a grown man, why is he getting in trouble? And then hearing all that other stuff that he was actually going there to stop the trouble, it made me feel a lot better about the situation. Mm-hmm. Because uh, true on Henry is at least 25 years old, Coach. Yes. And you, and you said he was married, that doesn't surprise me. They, they, he looked like he's the oldest, he's older than Zook, okay, so. <laughs> well, he, you know, he spent, I think, five years, five years uh, behind bars. I did not realize yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. For a previous incident, I think it was a bank robbery where uh, he was somewhat of an innocent bystander but got caught up into it. Well, you know what? If you're going to get arrested for a, a jail where you actually are trying to rob somebody, mm-hmm. rob a bank. Don't rob some poor slut making 425 at a gas station. I would agree with that. And by the way, don't rob anybody. Go out and find yeah. yourself a job. Yeah. But like, like when when I hear about these idiots, oh, they got caught breaking in, breaking into a home, stealing a computer. Mm-hmm. They did, <laughs> really. <laughs> if you're gonna rob somebody, rob a bank. Yeah, let that be a lesson to all the young kids listening to the show. Yeah. As we teach, we do, we don't only teach sports on this show, David Olson. It's about morals. It's about character building. And again, uh, we don't advise, but I think the advice, and it's good advice, coming from our good uh, co-host Joel Radwanski, if. You're gonna go. Uh, bank. If you're gonna go robbery, if you're gonna go that route, go the big fellas, go the bank. Don't pick on the little guys at your Seven Eleven or a house invasion. Yeah, no doubt. Go Stop. big or go home. <laughs> go big or go uh, home. As a matter of fact, last night I went over and and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I got a uh, I got dinner over at uh, at at Ox and Lou's and I got myself like seven or four pitchers of five dollar pitchers. I'm not really sure. I lost track. And in there, there was a girl that had a shirt out. Shirt on, and it said, go big and go home. Wow. I'm not sure what that means, Coach, but I, I, I was a little intimidated. I didn't talk to her. <laughs> uh, we could take a gander, but, uh, again, we are America's number one family sports talk show, as long as so you long don't, as have, you a don't have a family in, in America. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, about the route. Now, we started talking about Illinois football and Zook getting fired, and who knows how we, we ended up all over on this, the true on Henry getting shot. You know, that's, that's not funny, but mm-hmm. in – there is so much stuff if you wanted to do hear ye, hear ye. Oh, no, what do you call it, Coach? Seek and ye shall find. I would yep. get the ye messes me up in that, Coach. Do you know how yeah. many stories there are around right now that are just dumbfounding around the, the world right now? Do you know that there's a teacher in Schaumburg, oh, Illinois? I, I, I was hoping you didn't see this one because I thought about bringing okay. this up, and then I said no. Okay, well, I, I, I guess we're going to have to now that we, we kind of yep. teased it. Go ahead. Well, Dana Kozlov brought this guy up. There's a guy by the name of Paul LaDuke. He's 75, and he's charged with uh, sexual exploitation of a child. Now, he's been a math teacher at this suburban it's, uh, it's Christian ca- school. Yeah, it's called for- Schaumburg Christian School. Not just a public school, but Schaumburg Christian School. Well, he has been arrested, and he's been charged with a felony for allegedly masturbating behind a podium while teaching class. While teaching the class. 
And Dana Kozlov reports that he might have been doing this for over 10 years. Oh, boy. Where he'd be up at the podium and waxing poetic. So, in other words, he's behind the classroom. And maybe the classroom's watching a video, watching a film, and this guy drops trousers and starts pleasuring himself. He's a math teacher, so I don't think they use too much film. All teachers show film now. They do, even so, even math teachers? Uh, you're going to get me off on a whole other tangent. They, they, they show stand and deliver over and over and over again. <laughs> the movie yeah. stand and deliver for a math class? Uh, no, or Goodwill Hunting. That's another math theme movie. Oh, I thought, I thought you were making a sexual reference, David, that this guy probably showed oh, yeah, stand, well, he was standing stand and delivering, stand apparently, so... <laughs> Hey, ho, Blue 42 Red 17. Call it audible here, Big Dog, quickly. Well, if you don't want the audible I have to that makes it go even worse. It goes even deeper. Do you know what Jerry Sandusky's biography is called? No. Touched. What? By Jerry Sandusky. What's it called? Touched by Jerry Sandusky. Oh, boy. I swear to you, that's the name of of it. I'm not making it up. Cloudy checked it on Amazon.com. Touched. By Jerry Sandusky, yeah. so pick it up. Is that a good yeah, reason? Well, no, 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 no. They pulled it off of Amazon because oh, right did? when the right when the scandal broke, the comment section exploded on that. Yes, yeah, so, Claudi was telling me you got to read the comment section, Joel. He's like, you got to do it. And I didn't do it. I I, I I I guess I waited way too long in order to read the comment so they, section. They even took the comment section out. I'm pretty sure that they did. Yeah, I could I could check. We would love to because I would like to hear some of those comments. To be quite honest with you. Now, now, Coach, do you know that, remember last week we were talking about whether or not Justin Bieber was going to be a, a father, and, yep. and instead everybody wondered, did he get that girl pregnant? I was the one saying, hey, you know what, she's like 20 and he's 16. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that that wasn't even his kid, so what, is she going to get arrested now for child rape? Oh, they've they've done uh, DNA testing? They've done a paternity test. It's uh. baby, 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 no. <laughs> Just let you know. <laughs> See, now, not only does she she's going to lose that claim, but she might she might, as you uh, alluded to, uh, might get arrested for. Uh... Yeah, 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 exactly. Either I mean, she, something needs to be done to this woman because let's face it: when women and children are attacked, molested, raped, something needs to be done about it, and we cannot ever take that for life. So when somebody acts and fakes like it's happened, they need to be taken care of, and they need to pay a price. You know what I'm saying? I totally even even in a case of someone famous like Justin Bieber, it doesn't change the fact that uh, he might have been 16 years old at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it alone. Well, and she was just, any- it, it never happened. She was just, I don't even want to talk about that. David, you okay. have some more information on uh, Mr. Sandusky? Well, they, they, they did took the book down, Uh-oh. but they kept the comment section up. Oh, boy. And it's good reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's amazing answer. to see the creativity. I mean, there 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 are websites like dedicated to the comment section on Amazon because some people just get like brilliant with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you care to hear an excerpt or two? Sure. Yeah, please, please. Touched the Jerry Sandusky story will fit nicely on your bookshelf along with such classics as Knifed, the O.J. Simpson story, <laughs> Fondler, the Confessions of a Pedophile, and Avoiding Blue Dresses, Sexual Harassment for the Aspiring Politician. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. That's good. All right. So, 
100% false advertising by Mr. Sandusky. Not a single page in this book touches on how to appropriately gain the trust of young at-risk boys and then use that trust to perpetrate horrifying, horrifying sexual assaults on the very children who turn to you for guidance and support. Yeah. Almost as disappointed... Well, well, Almost as disappointing as the first time I watched Touched by an Angel. Don't even get me started on that bull crap. I still can't watch anything with Della Reese in it. <laughs> you know, you know that, that there's a little humor in that, but it, like, it, yes. it's, like, it's so truthful. It just slaps you in the face. I, I, I mean, thought the same thing, Big Doug. He, that, that paragraph pretty much summed it up uh, very eloquently and accurately. Yeah, how disgusting Sarodowski was. It was like trying to, you know, saying it was making you laugh, but you're like, wow, yeah, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, if, yeah. If you've got uh, if you've got a couple hours, you can come here and read all 149 customer reviews. Amazon.com website. Amazon.com website. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Got nothing else to do in your spare time? Check it out, folks. Don't forget to uh, mention to Amazon.com the two guys that a mic sent you. I have no idea why, but who knows? It might help us. Big dog, you got any other uh, seeking? You shall find topics. I got a lot of little sports titillating tidbits I want to bring up, but anything else on the? Uh, the docket of a not-so-family nature. I, I have to admit, admit, there are so many of them right now. Coach, I, I don't have enough to choose from you. Do you know that a guy shot at the White House yesterday? A guy by the name of Oscar Ortega. Was not aware a, of that. With an assault rifle. The guy decides to shoot at the White House Well, like late last night, early this morning, and he didn't realize that the windows are protected with bulletproof glass, so nothing actually happened. Oscar Ortega has been arrested, and right now he's being, uh, many orifices are being checked to see if he has any other guns. <laughs> Not a good idea to shoot at the White House. Oh. Oh, by the way, I will turn it over to, to the sports uh, side of um, hear you, hear you, whatever the heck we care this, call this particular section, but do you know that there's people, there's a lot of Christians upset at that there's Broncos are selling Tim Tebow jerseys. You can get you know you can get them specialized, right? Mm-hmm. So they get fifteen on it instead of Tebow or your name. They're putting Jesus on the back, and now there's a bunch of Christian uh, groups that are like upset at the Broncos for putting Jesus's name on the back of Tim Tebow. Uh, this thing's this thing's taking uh, you know gradual steps lower and lower and lower. I don't know how low we can go. Tim Tebow, I think for the most part, through all the kidding and the mocking from other teams, he's actually kept a pretty cool attitude about it all he's not getting all upset but he probably and the team probably has a breaking point at some point yeah you know you can only be teased so much and maybe the best way to answer it is by winning football games which somehow some way even though his stats aren't great he still won three of the four games he started this is for a team correct me if i'm wrong before he started big dog they were terrible they were absolutely horrible but you know i'm coming at this from a different angle these are bronco fans that love tebow that are wearing these jerseys not out of mocking him, but acting like he's Jesus' son or mm-hmm. God's son. And, ju- and just to clarify, the team didn't create these jerseys. Fans created right. these jerseys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but you can buy them from a direct – you can buy them from an NFL site and have your name put on the back of them. Because you can. You can – You can. what do you call it? Right, right, uh, right, 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 right. But they're not specifically selling Jesus jerseys. You're exactly right. You, know, I'm glad you, you, can, you can put, hey, you know, you can put Jesus on there, you know, if you want. The same you way, the that. same way you can get a, you know, a Ron Mexico Eagles jersey. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, that's pretty good too. I like that. The, the, um, well, you can put anything that isn't swear words, so you can't put like blank face on there, and you know, think you get away with it. I want to get a God's gift St. John's jersey. 
I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, there's someone big time coach in Manhattan. I can imagine they are. I can imagine they are. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, we brought it up last week on the roster of St. John's University. I forget his last name, uh, Amore or... Uh, Abuche, I'm pretty sure. Abuche, but his first name is God's Gift, St. John's. By the way, speaking of college hoop, I missed a great college football game, forgot to watch it, but I, I, I entrenched myself for the first time, first of many, by the way, over a nice, long, cold Chicago winter. Love watching college hoop, but it was my first night sitting down in the chair, catching some college basketball. My goodness, Michigan State and Duke caught a little bit of that, caught a lot. Caught a lot of Florida, Ohio State, and caught a little bit of Kansas, Kentucky. Uh, that's not a bad six teams to catch in about a three-hour period of time. That was good college hoops last night. Thank you very much, ESPN. Thank you for ESPNU, because while you were doing that, Coach, I was watching those games, and I was going back to Northern Illinois. Yes. Take on Ball State in a battle for the the Mac West, and Northern Illinois controls their own destiny still because of a, a, a phenomenal uh, game by Harness. Not a phenomenal game. A really, really, really steady game by their by their quarterback, who is phenomenal. Uh, what a day! You know, Coach K brought up how important this was to college basketball, and he said that when he grew up, he used to every single year college basketball would have doubleheaders at the Chicago Stadium. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "This is what it reminds me of." And he's like, "Not just doubleheaders, great, great schools." He's like, "It's such an honor for us to play Michigan State, and, and hopefully next year maybe we can play a, a Kansas or a Kentucky." I was like, wow, that was just, I, I love Coach K. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of what they were doing yesterday. It was phenomenal, Coach. And uh, speaking of Coach K, for those fans not aware, again, our phone lines are open here. we got a kind of a little titillating tidbits, cornucopia, sports topic, short attention span theater, if you will. You want to check in, add to a topic, comment on a topic, we'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. The marquee point of the night, Big Dog, was by Duke winning. Mike Krzyzewski became the all-time winningest coach in NCAA history, 903 wins. And, of course, Bobby Knight, the guy he beat, was analyzing the game. The two of them are great friends and mentors to well, Knight was a mentor to Shashevsky, but uh, they had a cool embrace after the game. So Shashevsky sets the record. It was a very cool thing. Did you watch after the game after he won? No, just because Bobby Knight was there. I really like Coach Shashevsky, but it, I, it's very difficult for me to watch any telecast that has Bobby Knight in it. Mm-hmm. As soon as he's on ESPN, they ask him a question. I change the channel, and I'm not kidding you. I, can, I will not listen to any Bobby Knight whatsoever. I, I want I'm, nothing to do with it. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I don't like Bobby Knight. I agree with you, but it was cool just based on his relationship with Mike Krzyzewski. The idea that a mentor could actually be passed by a player yep. that he coached, it, that's truly amazing, Coach. It's one of the that's not going to happen again. You know, I mean, that's never ever going to happen again. In, uh, in, in, can you imagine that? Be, it would take like one of Coach K's players in order to pass him up, like right now, Tommy Hamaker or somebody like that, sitting on the bench. It's never going to happen again, Coach. Yeah, those guys, you know, are assistant coaches for like half of their careers. So the only way that's going to happen is if somebody leaves after a couple of years. I'll tell you one guy that. You know, it's obviously a long, long way down the road, but boy, young in his career, all he does is win, 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 and he's got a lot of years ahead, and that is the uh, somewhat odd-looking but very successful head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Thad Mata is the kind of guy. He looks like a basketball lifer. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, 30 years down the road, but boy, he's he's won right from the get-go in his college career. Now, how old is he? Do you think he's in his mid-40s, Tom? No. 
I think he's younger than that. I mean, I watched him play high school basketball, Big Dog. I okay. saw him play at a downstate school. They were in the state tournament. I don't, and you know, he was like he, he was on like the corn jerkers from Jonestown or something like that, wasn't something he? Something like that. He was in a really, really odd name team. That's what he was on. And so he maybe just say he's forty five. He might have twenty years left to coach him. Would you twenty years, a good solid twenty years? I think he could go twenty more years, absolutely. How many wins has he got already? The guy's probably coached between Butler Xavier and Ohio State is probably coached, what, 12 years? 12 years is a good – and he might have 300 wins already, Coach. Yeah. So tw- so 20 years, he'd have to average what? That's still a long way away. He'd have to average 30 wins. Yeah, so Oof. if he averaged 30 wow. wins – Which you're not going to average. 30 <laughs> well, wins. Well, at Ohio State, if he keeps on getting the, the, the Sullingers, the Crafts uh, of the world – and if they keep on giving people like William Buford an eighth-year eligibility, mm-hmm. I mean, Ohio State has a chance to win 30 games a year yeah. for the next 20 years. And keep in mind, before Thad Mata came there, Ohio State was not a basketball powerhouse. That The the the, the, the big-time recruiting, getting the big-time players, that's all of his doing. Yeah, that, it is. It I, is don't know, I don't know what he does. He's not a naturally charismatic guy. He's a, a basketball grinder, obviously a very good coach, very intense, but... Just doesn't seem like he'd be the master recruiter. You hear him talk. He doesn't have that tremendous natural charisma. I don't know what he does, Big Dog, but somehow moms love Thad Mata. Uh, trust me, the Ohio State boosters are more than willing to, to blow up the salary cap to get get the right basketball player. Take it coach. easy. Take it easy. Yes, David. They had some bad coaches for a long time. They had Dave O'Brien. Remember him? No. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and he was there for years. Oh, my goodness. It was bad. Yeah, Dave. Th- Thad Mata has amassed, uh, and I'm not sure to what point here, but his uh, head coaching record is 294 and 88. Yeah, so that's wow. That we said to be right around 300. Yeah, you, you got it uh, almost. And I'm not. And I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure when the last time his page was updated. Yeah. So, so at, at most, I bet you he's at 295 from yesterday's win. You know, he, you know, he's not that much. But mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it was actually it was actually updated today, so that, that record's pretty accurate then. Okay, because they obviously they got the win over Florida yesterday. Yep, he's got an outside chance. He's definitely going to win 700 games as long as he stays healthy. And that's that 700 wins is a pretty good distinction as a college basketball coach because only great ones have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, Dick Vitale made a comment uh, afterwards, and he said, in, in all of sports, right, professional or college, he thinks the best. Leader, and you know, whatever you want to put in that category of leader, winning and character and, you know, putting out good athletes. The best leader as a coach in all of professional or college sports right now, number one, ahead of the class, Mike Shashevsky. I started thinking about it, and I don't know that you could disagree with that. You know what? If Mike Shashevsky, for some reason, had a coach an NFL team for a week, they would listen to him, even though he doesn't know anything about football. Yep. There's just something about him. You just kind of, okay, all right. You know, he's like, he's so stoic, determined, steadfast. You just kind of feel like what he's talking about is the truth, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the players always play with, you know, tremendous class. I always appreciate the way, like, the guys on the bench at Duke are just always into it and so competitive. The assistant coaches, I mean, they, how do I describe it? It's like they really enjoy competition. I can put it as simple as that. They really thrive and enjoy on competition, and, of course, they compete in the right way. No, Duke absolutely competes in, in the right way, Coach. They're always class acts, playing their butts off. So, yeah, it's uh, 
Uh, you talk about a guy that's breaking the all-time record. Isn't that amazing, the difference? You know, Joe Paterno breaks the all-time win record, you know, a couple weeks ago. We were all, oh, that's great, that's great. Obviously, it's at the end of his career. I don't think we're going to change our opinion on Mike Krzyzewski within the next two or three weeks. I think we're still going to think he's a pretty good person at that Boy. point. Long as there's no scandals coming out of the dupe, I thought about that too. As Shashevsky's getting his his rightful adulation after the game, I mean, he's basically—I hate to say this—but he's the Joe Paterno of college basketball. That's exactly what he is, coach. Yeah. He's the younger version of it, a younger version of it. But yeah, it's that's exactly what he is. Hmm. <laughs> let's let's hope there's no no uh, scandals coming out of Duke. It would really crush our thoughts of all. Uh, Collegiate yeah, I don't, I don't even think we have to worry about that or even contemplate it. You know, so but if you think about the similarities, obviously both are very pristine uh, academic institutions. Duke much more so. You know, Duke is a little, like, top twenty team school in the country, Penn State probably top fifty. And but each one of those schools, almost anybody, you say, what's the first thing you think of Duke? You'd be like basketball and Coach K. You know, what do you think of Penn State football? Joe Paterno and linebackers. You know, and it's, it's it's like in that same as that rom coach. No question about it. Great night of college basketball last night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, by the way, the Florida team that lost to Ohio State, they're working in a couple of new players, uh, phenomenal freshman uh, wing player. They've got the, the best backcourt in the country already. They're, uh, they got a transfer from Rutgers who scored like 16 points a game at Rutgers. He's got to find his way into the lineup. They're, uh, they got a white kid, big kid that can shoot outside. They're a little thin in the middle. They got one real big, strong guy. Pat, I want to say Pat Knight, but that's Bobby Knight's kid, but, uh, big kid in the middle who played for him last year, but they're a little thin there. But my, my point is don't count out Florida. I think they still might be the national champion this year before it's all said and done. Guard play is what wins you in March Madness, Big Dog. No team's got better guard play than the uh, Florida Gators. And again, when the new guys work in with the returning veterans, I think Florida's going to be the team to beat. You know, you know, Coach, I actually really like that pick because if you look at Florida, every single year they get better under Billy Donovan. Who's one? If you talk about another guy who has a shot at 900 yeah, wins, good point. What about Billy Donovan? Oh, oh my goodness, he played in the NBA for like two seasons, mm-hmm. and then he was out. He was already a coach, like he was a Division One coach in the second or third year out. He he was young when he was a Division One coach. Yeah, started at Providence. Well, that's where he played college basketball. Did, but didn't he go back to coach there or not? No. I'm pretty sure he did. It was a head coach at Providence. I don't know if that's. I went to look, but he's another guy that has a shot at, at yes. the 900 win. And he's a, he's even younger than Thad Mata. But don't mm-hmm. kid yourself. Thad Mata's not as old as he looks. He just has a, a little premature balding situation. I understand that, Coach. Trust great, me, I understand that. Yeah, great coach, bad hair. Great I'm the first coach. guy to ever shave their my my head off my hair off my head, and people are like, "What? You look young." He's just seeing me with hair. By the way, we just got an email from Oscar Otegi. He wants to put a shout-out to Joe. Tell him I said hello. Even though I'm behind bars, I'm listening. That's from Oscar Otega down in Florida, or uh, Washington, hey, D.C. Be thankful for the pat down, Oscar. You don't want to get the pat up. <laughs> Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, midweek Wednesday, Cornucopia Topics today, Short Attention Span Theater. We move from college basketball. Well, let's touch on college football because the game last night was a really good one. Northern Illinois University pulling out a 41-38 victory. Big Doug, and they won it. I wasn't watching, unfortunately, but a field goal with eight seconds left. Must have been thrilling. 
Uh, it was absolutely thrilling, especially considering that uh, the fireworks went off after the field goal, and the fireworks last for five minutes, so they had to play the, the kickoff and the last play of the game with the fireworks going on in the background. Oh, boy. The guys were phenomenal. They were like, only in Mac football. So they show a ground version of the next play, and the guy's kicking <laughs> the ball off, and the guy had to receive the kick with fireworks going on <laughs> in the background. It was really, it was like, it was distracting. I don't care what anybody says. It would have been distracting to catch that football when you're looking up at fire, beautiful fireworks, by the way, Coach. Northern Illinois spared no expense in that fireworks display. <laughs> yeah, except they forgot to wait till the game is over. Well, luckily, everybody watching ESPNU at the time got to see it because it was, I mean, think about it. Otherwise, the, the 8,000 people at the game would have got to see it. Other, mm-hmm. Millions thought on ESPNU last night. They were down 17 points in the second half. Ball State was a 17-point underdog, but they led, correct me if I'm wrong, second half by 17 over the Fighting Husky. I knew that was going to be a good game. Ball State, that big of an underdog, was uh, ridiculous, uh, considering how big of a rivalry that is. So Ball State scores the first team, first 14 points. And then I'm not kidding you, Northern Illinois snapped their fingers twice, Coach, and it was 14-14. Oh, yeah. And then out of nowhere, it was uh, 28-14, and then Northern snapped. And then it was just, they went back and forth, Coach. It, it was 31-14. So quick, I couldn't even believe it, how quick these, these teams were scoring in this game. That's been Northern Illinois' modus operandi all season long. Their defense, not great, but their offense, absolutely sensational. He's not going to win the Heisman. He probably won't get invited to New York, but top 10? Maybe a stretch, but I don't think so. Top 10 Heisman candidates, big dog, right now? Chandler MacArthur Harness from Northern Illinois? If if Heisman voters actually are doing their job and watching college football every time they have a chance to, which is what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. Uh, Harnish would be in the top ten for Eisen voting because they're on every single Tuesday night, and every every single Tuesday night he runs for seventy five yards, throws for three hundred, rushes for a touchdown, throws for three, and his team wins. So yes, he should be in the Heisman Trophy discussion. All right, big college football game on Tuesday. I don't know why, but NIU seems to be a regular Tuesday visitor to college football. Let's switch over to baseball, Major League Baseball. Names their American League Cy Young Award winner. No surprise here, Big Dog. A majority of vote, uh, a unanimous vote, I should say. All 28 voters that picked Justin Verlander, the outstanding right-hander for the Detroit Tigers. Jared Weaver second. Jamie Shields third. But I'm assuming you would agree with the is uni, 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 unanimity. Is that the word? Uh, the fact that they had a unanimous vote. Yeah, I like vote. Uni, unanimity. I like that. I may have to use that more. I'm assuming you would agree with that. Who else could have gotten a freaking vote in, in there? So, I mean, Jared Weaver finished in second. There's no way he could have finished ahead of him. James Shields, I mean, yes, he had all those complete games. He was awesome. No way should you give your vote to him. And there's no reliever that was just flat-out unbelievable dominant without question. A triple crown, he had the most wins, best ERA, lowest strikeouts, and everything else, like whip and innings. You, you name everything else that shows the dominance in a pitcher besides complete games, mm-hmm. he led the American League or Major Leagues in it. Yes, without a doubt, Justin Verlander deserves it. And yesterday, uh, you know, I've been do- like I've been trying to like do a bunch of stuff like a half hour, chill out for a half hour, just try to get my mind right, Coach. Uh, I'm watching something on Justin Verlander, and he gets they ask him a question, and he's like, "Oh yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm so happy that I won the Cy Young Award because this will really help me, you know, if I'm when I'm, when I'm trying to get into the Hall of Fame when I'm done." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" The guy actually admitted. And he's thinking about the Hall of Fame. How many other athletes actually think that? Politically oh, incorrect. Yeah, I know. I love the fact that he's like, yeah, I want to get in the Hall. And he's like, and then he he's like, 
they asked him about his playoff situation. He's like, I'm totally distraught that I let my teammates down when it really counted. It was like a real interview. Mm-hmm. I totally like Justin Verlin. He didn't say what you, you know how we do coach, coach speak, and I can, if you ask a question, yep. and if you pause, I can legitimately tell you what the coach is going to say before he says it. <laughs> I couldn't have told you any of the answers Justin Verlander said out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was cool. They asked him if he ever just made a pitch up on the whim, and he's like, yeah, like, well, we were blowing somebody out this year, so I decided to hold the ball a little differently and throw a changeup. He's like, it was awesome for the first two pitches. The third one got hit out of the park. How many other pitchers would admit that? Refreshing honesty. Yes, I thought that was cool. Yeah, because so many pro athletes today are, uh, they've become almost professionals at handling the media, like you said, going through with the coach speak. And I think they're trained by teams. They go through a... I don't know about full training program, but they, they, they are trained, so to speak, to, to work with and talk to the media as well they should be because they're, you know, out in front of the media as professional athletes. So, you know, you, you say one dumb thing, next thing you know, you yep. lose $50 million in contract endorsements. Yep. Yep. Now, some people say Justin Verlander could, uh, go against the grain and common thought processes. He had such a good year that he actually, in a couple of days, we could be talking about him as the American League most valuable player award he doesn't play every day he's a pitcher big dog but i would think he's right up there with the curtis grandersons and uh, jacoby ellsbury's of the world yeah uh, that's you know he definitely is if you really think about the most valuable player is for the most important person on on the team if you take that person off the team well you know how much further down would that team go yep (sighs) coach you almost have to give it to verlander and I know I'm totally in the minority on this. I have no problem giving an MVP to a pitcher because don't forget they have awards for best offensive players of the year. And I hate when people say pitchers have the Cy Young Award. Yeah, and you know, and batters have the Hank Aaron Award too. So mm-hmm. you can't use that argument. So it's the same exact thing. The Cy Young Award winner goes to the best pitcher. Hank Aaron Award goes to the best uh, offensive player in each league. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Verlander was the most important player on this team mm-hmm. in the American League, and I would vote him. That would, I would, he'd get my first place vote, Coach. Yeah, well, we'll find and out in a couple of days. We, I don't know if you have a vote or not, but I did notice one guy put Gavin Floyd as second. Are you willing to admit that that, in fact, was you? No, that was not me, Coach. Okay, just check. I mean, no. That was my There's first only 28 vote. voters. There's only 28 voters for the American League uh, MVP award. So. And you are not you are not one of the twenty eight voters. No, you don't know how they do it, Coach. They do the two most prominent, longest tenured uh, beat writers in each okay. American League and National League city. So you'll get uh, thirty two people vote in the National League and twenty eight people vote in the American League. And who are the other twenty six? You said there's twenty there's twenty eight voters. You said two the the two longest beat writers in each American League city. Oh, okay. So there's two okay. from Boston, two from New right. York. Because I remember, from, like, second or third year we were doing our show in the morning break, we sent your name to get on the waiting list to, uh, you know, to have a vote for the Hall of Fame. To... But we haven't heard back, so I'm assuming no, you, you moved up the ladder, but you're not there yet. Yeah, we, we actually did it for the Heisman. This oh, that's what, what it was, it yes. Yes, because honestly, that was I was these people that were voting for the Heisman and the, and for the top twenty five was making me puke. It was ridiculous, though. Yeah, well, they don't follow college football like you do. Most of them follow one team or the other. Hey, one other quick baseball note, and it has to do with your favorite team, the Chicago Cubs. Actually, two teams. We still have managerial openings. Interestingly enough, for two of the most uh, prominent and marquee and 
noticeable uh, teams in Major League Baseball, the Cubs and the Red Sox, both looking for candidates. And it's interesting, Big Dub, because the two of them have at least three or four of the candidates in common. So we'll see how it plays out. But your Cub team's still looking for a manager. So what is Dale Swain? Which ones are are they both interested in? Because well, Sandy Alomar Jr. has been interviewed by both. Dale Swaim, who was the batting coach for the Milwaukee Brewers, but I think he was the third base coach early for the Red Sox when Theo and uh, and Jed Hoyer were there, so they got to know gotcha. him. Uh, gotcha. I don't know much about him, but he's highly respected. And Mike Maddox. did Well, Mike Maddox didn't interview with the Red Sox. Not sure. Pete McKinnon might have, though. Is that Dennis McKinnon's brother? I believe uh, there's a slight skin color question there, but it very well could be. I don't know gotcha. Mrs. McKinnon that well. I, 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 I don't know her either, so she <laughs> might tell you something. Oh, goodness. But uh, so, is there any one of those candidates that are floating your boat as a Cub fan, or are you going to put your uh, confidence in Theo and Jed to pick the right guy? Well, the cool thing is, is uh, uh, Prince Fielder is going to get on Dale Swain's back, and he's going to carry him down from Milwaukee to Chicago with him. <laughs> of course, we won't have a manager at that point. He'll die like the guy at Marathon at the end, but at least he's bringing stuff from Prince, Prince Fielder with him. It's an interesting visual. Interesting visual. What, I'm going to test your baseball now. What baseball team out there is throwing the most money around to big-name players trying to recreate the franchise? Right now? Right now. The Florida Marlins. It's unbelievable. How they're going after everybody. They they all of a sudden build a new stadium and they've got enough money for Albert Pujols. Really? Prince Fielder. Albert signs that contract. Now they're going after Mark Burley. He's the latest one. Oh, uh, Jose Reyes. They offer like multi-millionaire. Well, speaking of Mark Burley, and this is according to Phil Rogers of the Tribune. Uh, the Cubs are very, very interested in Mark Burley. Interesting. See, Mark Burley as a third starter for the Cubs, that ground ball pitcher, yes. I would love Mark Burley and working he, it. He, yeah. And he's apparently very interested in that prospect because he's very happy in Orland Park. Yeah, that's not bad for him. Think about it. One day a week you'll have to leave at like 8.30 in the morning, and the, all the other days of the week you can leave at like you know like 10.30, get to the park, get his workout in, and it's all good. Not bad. That's not a bad life, Coach. I, I'm all for that for two years. I would not want to sign him for four or five. Oh, I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I was thinking two or three years is exactly what I was thinking, yep. like a, a, a three-year, $24 million deal. Oof. I like three years, $18 million deal. He's going to get more than $6 million a year. The guy has one of the highest winning percentages in baseball over the last 12 years, and he throws six innings every single time. He doesn't eat innings, Coach. You know, he doesn't just go out there and give you innings. He eats them. There's a big difference. He's looking to get $14 million over four years. That's what he's looking for. Wow. That's all? That's it. I would give him $14 million over four years, Coach. Without a question, I would give him 14 over four. If that's all he wants, the Cubs need to sign that poor, deal immediately. Or, 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 wait, 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 wait. It's written poorly here. It might be 14 per. But oh, I, I, okay. I, I don't think that's right. Can that be right? No, it can't. you're right. It can't be 14 over because no way. Because you're exactly right, David. You just like, misread it wrong or something like that. It's, it can't be. It's got to be 40, like a $56 million deal over four years is what he's trying to hope to get. Good locker room guy, solid citizen. Maybe he would help 
help uh, keep Carlos Zambrano under control. That might be worth something. A lot of mileage on him, though, Big Dog. He has pitched. Uh, you know, you can say he's been pretty effective, but he's been throwing the ball. That right arm's been throwing for many and many a year. So, well, the good thing is, is he's a left-hander, ah. so his left hand should be, his left <laughs> arm should be in really good shape. Hey, you smartass. Well, see, so you, you said keeping Zambrano in, in control. Yes. I, I, I think the key to them signing a big money pitcher like that is losing that contract of Carlos Zambrano. Okay. I'm, I'm on record for saying I would hope that they keep Carlos Zambrano. I'm on Zambrano's side. I like him. Competitor, loyal no, to his only, team. Huh? He's only got one year left on his deal, right? Or is there two years left? Like, next year is his last year, right? I'd sign him for six years, extended contract, throw the books at him. Whatever he wants. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 obviously. Yeah. I know you're joking about that, but I'm hoping this is, because if it's his last year, he'll give the Cubs a really good season. Everybody everybody in a contract here pitches great and hits great. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he signed a five-year deal in 2007. So, yeah, this would be his, last, his upcoming season is the last Eight, year of the deal. Nine, yeah. uh, beautiful. So we got to wait, what, two more years for Alfonso Soriano to have his breakout season? Yes, exactly, Coach. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can, can, can somebody, like, while he goes back to the Dominican, like, can somebody, like, pull his visa so he couldn't get back in the United States? Did that possibly happen? Uh, no. No, but I could see... I could see Theo Epstein saying what his contract's due up in three years. I could see Theo saying Alfonso will be our fifth outfielder for the 2012-2013 season, but in 2014, his contract year, he'll be starting in left field. That makes a lot of sense, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, Big Dog and a Coach. Phone lines are open. You want to check in, dial it up. Love to hear from you. We move from uh, baseball talk, a couple other topics on the docket, Big Dog. Uh, real quick, i got to throw the boxing match over the weekend. We have not talked about that. Manny Paquayo, one of my favorite guys, love watching him box. Didn't see the fight, but he did f- defeat the kid named Marquez in a world championship. I forget what division is it, featherweight? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's lightweight. He didn't. Well, yeah, was it, you know, I was going to say, a little bit of a controversial decision. Did you see it? And if so, did you uh, agree with the decision? Manny Pacquiao, first of all, he needs to fight somebody for real, okay? There's a fourth fight with a guy that every single time you beat him, there's a controversial decision. And no, yeah, that, that's another another great boxing match where they gave the fight to the wrong guy just because he's the more popular one. So that, you you, you saw the fight? Yeah, he, Marquez won the fight. Coach. Wow. Interesting. It's a joke. It's a joke. Is he going to fight him again? And then somebody was like, well, he's beat him two out of the four times he's already fought him. You know, like, whatever. What I mean, two out of the three times he's fought because there was a draw, too. And supposedly in the draw, which I did not see, Pacquiao got his butt kicked. You know, so he's the most popular fighter in the world, Coach. You have to knock him out in order to beat him because there's no way judges are going to give the fight to him. That's the one bad thing I hate about that sport. It's ridiculous. Any chance well, I, he will be fighting uh, Floyd Merriweather Jr. the third? Uh, he can fight Floyd Merriweather. That's no problem. Fight, fight Floyd Mayweather. That might be an issue for Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> now, I, I, I got to let you know, the fight was really close, and Marquez's <laughs> corner, just to let you know, and, yes. I, and I'm mad at the judges because it was ridiculous, because he should have been winning. But the judges in the last round were like, I mean, his his corner was like, you're winning this fight. Stay away from him and don't get knocked out. So he runs away for the 12th round, okay? And obviously on all three scorecards, uh, Pacquiao wins the 12th round, and he definitely did because Marquez ran. I, okay, thought, I thought on the um, 
on what one of the three called it a, a split. Okay, well, there you go. Here's my point. He runs for the 12th round, and he has dominated 10 and 11. He should have kept fighting for around 12, and he loses all three. So one is the split decision. So if he doesn't just give, if he doesn't give all those rounds up, he wins the fight. Is my point? Is what I'm saying to you. If he would have fought the 12th round, so as much as I can complain about the the judging, which was horrible, and because he still won the fight, if his corner doesn't tell him run in the 12th round, he he would have won the fight. That's the difference. So his corner thought they were like, dude, you're dominating. His corner should have been the reason. Like, yeah, you're dominating, but that's Manny Pacquiao, so you know the judges are going to be slanted towards him. So his corner cost him just as bad as the judges did, Coach. Interesting. Tough, co- uh, a bad coaching decision in the boxing court. Uh-huh. Because sometimes you got to think about it. Like, if just, just, you know, think about it, Coach. Like, if you're, like, playing defense on the road in a real rabid environment, you're going to be like, you know what? we got to be careful because we might have to play this a little different because the officials are going to be on their side. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. His corner should have known better. He should have been like, you need to knock this guy out because we really can't trust these officials. It happened. This is the third fight, and it's happened to him in all three of his fights, and they're going to be surprised about it on the third time. Do you know what I mean? Every time they fight back, you know, they win and they get the loss in the decision. Interesting. How did you watch it, by the way? Did you uh, pay the extra bucks? Did you illegally market it, or did you go to a, a local bar? Um, how can I say this without don't, getting one of my friends in trouble? Don't get yourself in I trouble. I went out and watched it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I catch the drip. I catch okay. the drip. By the way, um, uh, Leisure Louis of Leisure, I guess it is, emails in. Louis of mm-hmm. Le- two questions. The first one's a good one in the NFL, and I I saw this, I think, in the paper today. What What's going to happen first? I think he's probably read the Tribune. What happens first in the National Football League? Packers losing a game? Or Indianapolis Colts winning a game? And Leisure Louie also wants to know on your thought of the banning of plastic marijuana. Uh, first of all, yes. Plastic marijuana should be banned. You should smoke real marijuana, people. Okay. okay. If you're going to do something, go all the way. Either with, what, what did we say earlier, Coach? Go big or go home? Mm-hmm. So if you're smoking... Plastic marijuana, you have issues with your life, people. Quit smoking it. I okay? wasn't even aware there was a plastic marijuana. Where do they grow it? Well, it's synthetic marijuana. They got people like on the LSU defensive secondary are big smokers of it, Coach, and I'm not kidding. Take it easy. Coach. Allegedly. Allegedly, no, actually. That's why they were all suspended. You know, a couple of weeks ago when they played Auburn, they didn't have a defensive secondary. That was that was due. They to... all got busted smoking uh, synthetic uh, synthetic marijuana. So are there the call. people that sell synthetic marijuana? Is that a separate industry than the actual marijuana? Yeah, they're usually people who give like uh, mm-hmm. breast implants and liposuction and, yep. and lip jobs. Do you know what I mean? They're like that. Like gotcha. The type of people who smoke that stuff are more likely mm-hmm. to get breast implants. And I know as a political Who's candidate, too? you have ad- you have long advocated as a political candidate one uh, trying to solve the Israel Palestine war and two and not necessarily in this order legalizing medical marijuana uh actually it should be legal because the hemp plant can be used for so many different varieties of things that we would no longer need oil for and you know people out there you might think I'm a hophead and saying oh you just want weed legal no i want the hemp plant legal because you can grow that stuff and do so many different, make so many products with it that you make plastic out of. These plastics are made with oil that we depend on the Saudi Arabians for. If you just make all those products that you make out of plastic out of the hemp plant, 
the, the cost of oil would drop dramatically, and DuPont stock would fall through the ground. And that DuPont, by the way, were the ones that were behind the uh, making marijuana illegal in 1937, which is when Prohibition started. And they used William Randolph Kane and his, uh, and they basically said, oh, black people go out and smoke this marijuana. They get crazy and they rape white women. We have to make it illegal <laughs> when DuPont was just making sure he was just trying to keep his plastic industry going during this whole time. And, and that's the truth, Coach. And I can, if you want to one day, you can, we can, I can tell you like a three-minute story about the whole subject if you want to hear it. We're about. running out of time today, so I might bring it up tomorrow. David, you had a thought? Well, no, I was going to get to the second part of your question. Who, you know, will the Colts win a game before the Packers yeah, lose a game? it was brought up in the Tribune today. It's actually an interesting question. Well, here's the Colts. What happens the, first? The Colts have uh, the Panthers at home, Patriots on the road, Ravens on the road, okay. Titans at home, Texans at home, yeah, and Jaguars on the road. They're going to the find road. a way to win. Three possible wins. Yeah. The other ones are yeah. all impossible. I'll, I'll take Indy winning first over the Packers losing. Yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. here's who the Packers have. They, they're, they've got uh, Detroit at home. Okay. Or hold on. Let me scroll back here. Okay, they've got, they've got Tampa at home, the Lions on the road, the Giants on the road, the Raiders at home, mm-hmm. Chiefs on the road, Bears at home, Lions at home. Bears. Lions or Giants on the road, Big Dog. Those, those are potential slip-ups for the Packers. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I really hate to say this, and I'm not trying to be like a hater like and, and piling on the Colts and hating the Packers. I do think the Packers will lose to the Giants before the the Colts could either well, that beat the Titans or, or beat the Jaguars the last week of the season. Those what, are like, what, what, what about the uh, Matt Leinert-led Texans? Oh, I forgot Leinert's the quarterback. Matt totally Schaub out for the season. Yeah, I, wow. I I still think at this point a Matt Leinert-led Texans with the number one defense mm-hmm. in football could will beat the Colts. Yeah, it's interesting that our medical marijuana conversation, which we need to continue tomorrow. I want to uh, tap your brain a little bit on that uh, more, but it did lead into the Matt Leinert discussion very apropos. Big Dome, we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, more sports talk, preview of the football games, and medical marijuana part two, okay? Sounds good, Coach. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic, Big Dog and a Coach, signing off. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.